Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul writes, if God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against us, against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or COVID-19? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Speak to us where we are, whatever our circumstances and whatever our situations, speak to us. We are listening. Amen. Well, as, as I was reading Romans 8, you may have noticed I added COVID-19 to the list, uh, simply because I think if Paul was here, the Holy Spirit would have uh, inspired him to add that to the list. If I'm wrong, I will be corrected. But we are in the middle of a, a pandemic, worldwide pandemic of the super contagious virus. Uh, we've been asked to shelter in place. Uh, there's still questions as to how long that's gonna be and uh, how that's all gonna work out and how we're gonna phase out of the quarantine. Uh, there are people who've become unemployed and are struggling to, to make ends meet, struggling to get through to the to the proper uh, uh, channels to, to receive their unemployment support. There are people who are working overtime They're because uh, they're essential workers. There's, uh, the economy seems to be grinding uh, slowly along, but not nearly uh, what it ought to be. Uh, there's a lot of finger pointing going on. It's his fault, it's her fault, it's their fault. Uh, you know, uh, uh, just leave us alone. All kinds of things are, are being said. Uh, life has always brought storms uh, from time to time, but this particular storm that we're going through right now, this season, uh, is uh, could probably be called uh, unstable, unpredictable hurricane. You know, perfect storm. All kinds of things have come together. The world has shifted, um, and and there seems to be no end to the uncertainties. Everybody has an opinion. Uh, some of them are helpful, some of them aren't, some of them are full of emotions, and some of them uh, try to deal with only the facts. Uh, it's confusing at best. Uh, internally, invisibly, uh, silently, many of us begin to ask questions. When will, uh, when, if ever, will things get back to normal? 
how will we face back into leaving our homes and going back to work and gathering in uh, public places and in times of worship? How, how will these things happen? How, how will we stay healthy? This virus is not going away. How will we keep ourselves healthy once we get past this outbreak? Who can we trust? Who can we trust when our world collapses and crumbles into chaos? Well, some of you have already jumped to an answer, and that's okay. Um, I, I, I want us to look at Psalm 46 uh, as, as to find the answer to who we can trust. But I want to remind you that we, you need to read a psalm uh, as you would read a poem, because it is poetry. Uh, the authors of psalms write uh, down feelings and dreams, and uh, they use symbols and images. They enjoy shaping their words into rhythms and rhymes. The, the authors of the psalms write songs to instruct, inspire, and encourage. Their, their writing is structured. Uh, there are psalms in the Bible. Psalm 119. Uh, the H, uh, it has a section for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and each section has the same number of verses, and each section, the, each verse in each section starts with the same, with the letter of the alphabet that that section is part of. So uh, if we were in English, there, there's a, a section with like eight verses that all the letters in the, fir the first word in each line starts with the letter A, and then the next section with the letter B, and so on. Uh, poetry isn't uh, easy. Those of us who went to school and were asked to write poems, I don't know about you, but it was my least favorite thing to do, especially when um, I was asked to, to, to write a rhythm, a particular rhythm for the words, because people who know me well know that rhythm is outside my box. Uh, it's probably not even in the yard next door. Uh, I, rhythm and I are, are not connected very well. When we read the Psalms, we need to ask questions about what the author wanted to tell us. It's not like reading one of the letters in the New Testament. Uh, it's not like reading uh, the historical accounts of of the ancient Israel or of Jesus' life. It, uh, it's poetry, and we need to treat it as such. So we're going to read from Psalm 46. Uh, we're going to be using the New Living Translation uh, this morning for, for our, our time together, and uh, going to read a few. It, it has three stanzas, three sections. Uh, I'm going to read each section and make a couple of comments about the section and before I read the next section. So I'm going to read, talk about it, read and talk about it. So on for all three sections. Um, Psalm 46. 
God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. There are some who believe that uh, Martin Luther, who wrote a great hymn, The Mighty Fortress Is Our God, was uh, inspired by Psalm 46. The Mighty Fortress Is Our God. This first three verses just uh, ring with confident faith. It, it talks about our God is our refuge. It's a place of safety and protection, a fortress. Now, this is an image. You can't be literal because God is not a stone fort. But he is a place of safety and protection, which is what the author is trying to say to us. He's ready to help. He's both willing to help us in our hour of need, and he has a record for helping us. And then the author talks about letting the about the mountains crumbling into the sea. This recalls the very beginning of the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, 2. Uh, many people know verse 1, Genesis in Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1, 2 reminds us that there was chaos at the beginning. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. Just a mess. No land, no mountains. It had all fallen into the sea. It was all part of the sea. It was all covered. So this, the, the, the psalmist is saying, uh, even if we go all the way back to the chaos before creation, we won't be afraid. In fact, he says in the third verse, let the seas roar, let the mountains tremble. This is the peak of defiance and confidence because of who God is. God is our refuge. And even if the entire universe falls apart, we're going to be okay. Let it happen. While our world disintegrates under our feet, we will not fear because God is on our side. God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? He goes on. The author goes on then, and starting in verse 4, he says, A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. The songwriter refers to a city with a river, but what city is he talking about? He's not talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem has no river. But there are some clues to what the writer might mean 
in something that Jesus announced in his life while he was with us. In John chapter 7, uh, he'd gone up to what we know as the, the Feast of Tabernacles. He'd gone to uh, the feast. And the last and greatest day, it tells us in John 7, 30, verses 37 to 39, uh, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, he stands up in the temple and he says in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. John goes on to explain, by this he meant the spirit, those streams of living water. By this he means the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So perhaps the, the, the river represents the Holy Spirit and the city of God or his sacred home may, may represent Jesus' kingdom, family, his people, you and me, out of which flows the everlasting life of the spirit. The nations are in an uproar. Nature was in an uproar a few uh, in the beginning. You know, may let the seas roar and the mountains crumble. And now nations are in uproar, just like the, the the roaring seas. And kingdoms crumble like the mountains. National, international politics is falling into chaos. But the Lord is among us, the Lord of heaven's armies, the commander-in-chief of heaven's armies is among us. His presence protects us. The psalmist goes on, and starting in verse 8, he's for the last stanza, he says, Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the earth. Let that work, that set in for a moment because it, that sounds gloomy. But listen to this next verse. After he says, look at what the destruction he brings upon the world. The psalmist says he causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. The Lord commands the storms in nature and nations. Quiet, be still, peace. Once Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake, the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So they left the crowd behind and they took him as he was in the boat and they left a furious squall, a terrible storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the back, in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, 
and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. See the glorious works of the Lord, the psalmist had said. Signs and miracles, wonders, the wonders that the Lord has done. These are signs and miracles pointing to his identity and his character. But even, as you can see, we see with the disciples, even when we see signs and wonders, we may still wonder who he is. He brings destruction. He destroys war and weapons. We hear a lot, unfortunately, we hear a lot about God causing problems. There have even been people who believe and, and have stated publicly that God sent COVID-19 to judge the world. I'm not so sure. This psalm tells us that the destruction that he brings is a destruction of all the things that are destroying us. He destroys the destructive, the wars, the weapons. He's in the process of destroying COVID-19. And he speaks to the nations and the kingdom, kingdoms in their chaos. Be still and know that I am God. And again, the author of this psalm ends by saying, the Lord is with us confident faith that he expressed at the start of the psalm belongs to all of God's people because he is with us. This psalm declares to us that we can experience unshakable faith while our world crumbles into chaos. Not after, not before, although the, we can be confident then, but while things are falling apart, we can be confident. It is very likely that the psalmist wrote this psalm during a uh, time of trouble and turmoil for uh, God's people, Israel. The focus of this song is the Lord, though, not the troubles, not the chaos. The focus of the, of the song, of the poem, is the Lord, the commander of heaven's armies. The Lord grants us safety and security. He grants us safety and security in any place and any time where we recognize his presence. The Lord deserves our trust and loyalty, even in chaotic situations and circumstances. This is what I want you to remember today. Faith in the Lord forces out fear. If God is for us, who can be against us? We can experience unshakable faith even while our world crumbles in chaos. How? I'm just going to tell you, I've had a little bit of a struggle in the last few weeks. I think most of us have. Uh, the, the uncertainty of things really uh, has caused me some stress. Okay, a lot of stress. So how do we develop this fearless faith? 
how, how can we we say let the let the seas roar and foam let the mountains crumble into the sea god is my refuge and my strength how, how do we how do we come to that place psalm 91 talks about a similar thing and the very first verse says whoever dwells is a key word dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty dwells uh, it's a mindset it's an attitude it's a, a life a way of life that's set on the relentless and resolute pursuit of a connection with Jesus that grows deeper and deeper all the time. We see glimpses of the heights and the depths of this kind of faith uh, throughout uh, the records of the Bible. One of them is in Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Uh, Daniel's three friends have been uh, challenged along with everyone else in Babylon to uh, bow down to a great golden statue of the emperor. The moment the band starts to play, they refuse to do it. He's giving them a second chance because he really likes them. And their response is, there's no need to give us a second chance. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand but even if he doesn't we won't we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you set up talk about a fearless confident faith our god is able to deliver us and he will but if he doesn't deliver us here and now we're still not going to bow Wow. We want fearless faith like that, don't we? we? We expect to do something to develop unshakable faith. We, we look for how can we achieve this? How can, I, how can I build this up? How can I achieve, make this happen? We, we set goals and, and we try harder and we just assume if we just make enough promises and if we keep, if become more committed uh, we, we look for how we can achieve it. We, we are asking, however, we ask flawed questions, so our answers fall short too. See, it's not about what we do. Faith in Jesus, trust in Jesus, belief in Jesus, and loyalty to Jesus grow out of depending on the Holy Spirit, not on our commitment, not on our actions, not on our habits. So the question is, how willing are you to recognize your need to fully depend on the Holy Spirit for this fearless faith? How willing are you to begin seeing how powerless you are to develop unshakable faith on your own? It takes times of shaking and trembling of chaos to bring us face to face with the truth.
we cannot be fearless on our own. It takes faith and confidence in the Lord's presence to drive out our fears. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Open our eyes to realize how powerless we are. Lead us, lead us deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take us deeper and closer to him until Jesus floods our lives with his love and his power and his presence. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Amen. Again, I want to thank you for watching. And thank you for watching to the end. Brothers and sisters, I want to remind you, you are sent to infuse our area with the hope of Jesus. You are sent. Go. In Jesus' name. Amen.